You guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, you need to. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Mimesis, the podcast about all the twisted ways art and life imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke. And I'm Sandra Sheriff Zacherly. And we're your hosts on this zany adventure. And Sandra (laughs) is back. I'm back. Yes. (laughs) You had a a stand-in for a minute. I did. She did good, didn't she? She did really good. And I am so proud of her. And when you told me about it, I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's (laughs) do it. She did a great job. Yep. So what adventures have you been on in the last couple weeks since we recorded? Um, prepping for Thanksgiving. Yes. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? You did. Good. I made all the pies. All the pies. What flavors? Um, I did a salted maple, which mm-hmm. I put a few times and that one. So good. I'll have to post it on our Mimesis page so you guys can see it, but it was delicious. I made it three, four times in the last three weeks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Clearly it's a hit. Yes. Scott said it's his favorite pie. Aw, that's nice. Yeah. And then I made a sweet potato pie and a coffee chess pie. Coffee chess? Yes. It tastes just like you're drinking a cup of coffee. It's so good. Especially when you put that little bit of whipped cream. It tastes like you got that cream and sugar in there. Yum. It's good. I made my, um, well, not my, Grandma Cooper's peanut butter pies. I love that pie. I made I made two of them. One of them finished, you know, just there. And the other one, um, Papa Cooper asked if he could take home because it tasted just like Grandma Cooper's. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely, sir. That I make it specifically for you. So, yeah, yeah. I love that pie, too. It's so good. <laughs> I need to figure out a way to make it dairy free and gluten free so that Evan mm. can try it because I think he would really like it. Or maybe if you could just find a way to do like the filling and then yeah. put it on like uh, gluten free. If they have any kind of gluten free graham crackers, they do. Yeah, there was somebody at this, um, and I don't know who made it. Somebody at our Thanksgiving that made. They took just a can of like pumpkin pie filling, an entire thing of Kulik whip, and then some like um, pie and seasoning, seasoning and mixed it all together, and then put like crackers next to it. You could dip in. Yum! I- I'm making that. It was amazing. Yeah, and I'm just gonna convince myself it's good for you because pumpkin has all the ing- all the vitamins it does, in it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so I'm gonna lie to it's myself. Not that bad for you as long as you get no. the like the fat free one. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think this is a nice little you know dessert snack that's kind of yeah. good for you. That's so why I'm the sweet potato gonna... pie to Evan, it's pumpkin pie, but it's really sweet potatoes, <laughs> and he can eat. It. I bet he loves that. Oh, he does. He eats it like crazy, but I make it with dairy free and gluten free. So good. Yeah, it doesn't hurt his belly at all. Well, we also know that um, I was just up in Michigan recently. Yes. Got to see you and your whole lovely family. Yes. Got to experience the cold again. (laughs) And it snowed just for you. Michigan is a bitter bitch when I go up there. Like, Uh Michigan is my bitter ex that whenever I'm around, um, she has to remind me that she is vindictive because Uh like it was 70 degrees the week before I got there. Yep. And then I showed up and bitch was like, no, mm -mm." (laughs) Uh uh-huh. Gave you all the snow. Gave me all the the cold shoulder. Literally. (laughs) She's a bitter bitch. Uh Driving you to the airport to come home was (sighs) quite scary. (laughs) It was dicey. Those roads were bad. Yeah. And I also learned that my lovely niece has the scariest way of testing out the road conditions. Girl. She's like, I want to see how my brakes are doing. Slams on brakes. Oh, no, it's good. I want to see if I'm going to slide it all. Jerks the wheel side to side. Oh, no, 
oh, I got pretty good control. And I'm over there having a heart attack. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to go into a ditch. <laughs> oh, girl. It's we four in the morning. Slide, though. Warn people before you do that. <laughs> Warn me. That was scary. Also, um, I have decided, listen to everybody listening to this you know look look at pictures of me on our page and if you are ever about to get on the fl a flight and you see me sitting there getting ready to get on the flight get comfortable your flight is going to be delayed it's it's gonna be delayed i guarantee it every time <laughs> i don't know what it is about you and i trying to fly to where we need to go that we get so delayed yeah um, my our flight on the way up to Michigan, the brakes did not pass inspection, which if the brakes don't pass inspection, I do not want to get on the plane. Right. But it took we were supposed to fly out at 515 and our flight didn't leave until 1045 at night. <laughs> and yeah. the airport was only 15 minutes from my house and the entire time. I'm just like, can I? Can I just I go, go home? Can I can come back. Yeah. But they didn't know what time they were going to have a plane. So I had no choice but to just sit there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, if you ever see me waiting for your flight, grab a book, get comfortable. <laughs> it's going to be delayed. Yeah. Same with me. Because when I came down to see you, when you had to have the surgery, yeah. I got, no, when we were flying for once about a book, my flight was supposed to leave at yep. like one and I didn't make it to your house until 11 p.m. Because mm -hmm. my flight no, left that was an hour later. Wasn't that for? No, that, that was, was for surgery. That was for the once yeah, a book. That's right. Because I scratched my eye and lost my contact because it that's dried right. out because I was on the plane for so long. <laughs> you know what? That um, I wore my contacts the same day and I couldn't wear them the rest of the time I was in Michigan. Yeah. I, my eyes just hurt too bad. It yeah. Was, don't I just fly with your contacts in. <laughs> don't. Don't, or if you know that your flight's going to be delayed, just go take them out. That's what I should have done. I should have just, I mean, I had all my stuff in my carry-on. I should have just taken yeah. my contacts out and, yep. but I didn't. Yeah. So these are, these are the wisdom that we're imparting with you today. If you're going yes. to be, if your flight's delayed, take out your contacts. And if Sandy or I are at the <laughs> gate waiting, just, just get comfortable. Yep. Yep. <laughs> your flight's going to be delayed. Sorry. Just our luck. Yep. <laughs> Well, today, today we are going to talk a different mode of transportation, a different mode of transportation. <laughs> we are going to be talking about some of the mimesis behind Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates. I love this movie. I love the whole franchise except for um, movie four. <laughs> yes. I like so my my favorite would have to be three, one, two five four same exactly the same the yeah. number three was amazing um yeah i was eight months pregnant when dead man's chest came to theaters and i waddled in there with my big old belly to go see it and when um at world's end came out on dvd we had you know we saw it in theaters but we were watching yeah. it at home and that was actually the night that we got the DVD and we're watching it was the night I went to labor with Madeline and <laughs> at world's end was on while your uncle was timing my contractions. And I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. They're not. And he's like, those weren't even five minutes apart. We need to go. And I'm like, <laughs> no, we're it's good. fine. We can watch a little bit more of the movie. So I made it to the <laughs> hospital in time, but I wanted to stay and watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> And the whole time that night, I'm like, where's my recipe? Yeah. I need my recipe. I have to make this cake for my final. Where's my recipe? Yeah. <laughs> I I did not text that to you because I was not. pushing out a person. Yep. <laughs> Which, as excuses go, I think is a pretty good one. I think so. I still pass the class. So Yeah. That's all that matters. <laughs> and I sent you a cute little picture of baby Maddie uh -huh. and you were like, okay, forgiven. Yep. I was like, wait, wh what? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh. Oh, she had the baby. <laughs> um, so I, when I started digging into this, first of all, there is so much in there, mimesis wise. Um, 
I had to actually make myself stop researching because this episode is going to be like six days long. It's probably still going to run long. Sorry about that. That said, to all of our listeners, if you at once I start getting into this, if you really like it, if you want me to dig in further into this, I absolutely will. Um, so just let me know, you know, send us a message, be like, we want more pirates and I will hook you up. Otherwise, are you ready to get started? Yes. All right. Yes, let's always. Pirates. Always. Always. Okay. So the very first mimesis we are going to talk about is none other than Hector Barbosa. Hector Barbosa. Yes. Uh, he was based on an actual person. I did not know that. I thought he was completely made up. Really? Yeah. He was a like, real I dude. Blackbeard was real. Yeah. And we're going to talk about him in a little bit, too. But Barbosa was also real his real name was Hayreddin uh, I'm really hoping I'm not messing this up Barbarossa so it wasn't Barbosa it was Barbarossa uh, he was one of the most infamous pirates of the 17th century he was born somewhere between 1466 and 1478 to a father who was of Muslim um, bit, 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 bit. let me try that again to a father who was a Muslim of Turkish origin and a mother who was Christian Greek. Okay. Two very, very different sides there. Mm-hmm. He was the third of four sons, and all of them served as, uh, I'm going to mutilate this this word, corsars of, uh, that took to the seas. Corsars are basically another word for a pirate or a privateer who operated along the southern coast of the Medi- Mediterranean Sea during that time. Okay. So basically, they were working as pirates. Uh, the brothers all learned to sail from their father, who worked transporting pottery and goods. Um, the boys decided that they wanted to take a little bit more of a swashbuckling approach. So the boys decided um, they were going to take more of the pirating route, especially Hayreddin and his older brother, Aruk. They began helping Jews and Muslims flee from the, the Christian wrath by providing them transport to North Africa. Okay. Again, the two sides of this war are basically the two sides of his family, which is very interesting to me. Uh, the Bar- Bar- Barabosa brothers, that's very hard to say. Yes. <laughs> worked together in a counterattack against Portugal and Spain under the supervision of the Ottoman Sultan. However, the demise of the Sultan led to a war between his sons for the position of power. So the brothers fled to North Africa to avoid the war. There, they continued to fight against European forces. In 1516, they were part of the battle to overthrow the ruler of Algiers, which caused the Spaniard to lose their north... This, this, oh my gosh, I can't talk today. <laughs> Let's try that again. In 1516, they were part of the battle to overthrow the ruler of Algiers, which caused the, the Spanish to lose their North African base. People were not happy with them. However, the Ottoman Sultan was so happy about this, he offered the Barbosa brothers an an expansion of their influence in North Africa. He gifted them military and financial support. Basically, he was like, if you're fighting on my side. Nice. Here's the stuff. Here you go. Yeah. Um, Aruk... Uh, hey, Redden's older brother did not get to ins- enjoy the spoils of this work for very long. Uh, he was killed in a Spanish attack with all of the resources then falling to Hey Redden. So, okay. Brother fought with them, then he died, and now Hey Redden got everything. Barabosa maintained his loyalty towards the Ottomans. Uh, The Sultan even made him governor of Rhodes in 1531 and the chief admiral. So this really reminded me, I think it was in the fourth movie that Barbosa was doing pirate work, but he was really involved in the political aspect too. So he was doing what he did, but for the politicians. Right. So I, I think that's where they got this from is this part of his life. Um, 
one of the greatest victories was in a battle against the Europeans in 1538. And this is impressive as all hell. Okay. He had 122 ships and was up against 300, 300 ships. He didn't even have half as many. Yet with his skills in battle, he captured 30 ships, 3,000 soldiers, burned three ships, and sunk another 10. (laughs) Holy shit. This dude's a badass. Like, yeah. (laughs) He knew how to tell his crew what to do to make things happen. He knew what was up. Um, Because of this triumph, Emperor Charles V offered him a lucrative position within the Spanish territories. Now, remember, uh, Barabosa has been against the Spanish. So they were trying to get him to flip sides. He said no. And the emperor was pissed. Yeah. He he decided to launch attack against Barbosa. (laughs) That's cute. He failed. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) horribly, horribly. Um, uh, The emperor ended up having to evacuate because he bit off more than he could chew and got his ass handed (laughs) to him. So... I love that. Uh, Barabosa spent his life sailing the seas and contributing to the expansion of the Ottoman Empire. In 1545, he decided to retire to his palace in Istanbul, gave his entire fleet to his son. And on July 4th, 1546, he drew his last breath at his seaside manor. Um, This is very cute. For years after, it became a custom for Turkish ships to salute his tomb as they passed. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And this is why you don't fuck with pirates. (laughs) Don't fuck with pirates. Don't fuck with with Barbosa. Now that I I know this, I'm like, Barbosa is a little bit more of a badass than I realized. Um, So, yeah, he did some pretty awesome shit. This next dude... Did not. <laughs> Did not. <laughs> you want to guess who we're going to talk about? He Blackbeard. Made... Blackbeard. Blackbeard. Um, he made his debut in the fourth movie, the one we like to pretend didn't happen. Yeah, I've only watched that one once, and I really didn't pay attention too much, so I don't know who he was in there. Yeah, he was... He was Blackbeard, but with, like, some sort of dark abilities, I believe. I can't remember. Like, I I think I've only watched it once or twice. I, that one was I was it? not impressed with. I thought Blackbeard was in number five. No, five was the one that just came out that was, like, 20 years after everything with um, Davy Jones and Will Turner. Hector Barbosa, Turner, Captain. Oh, I'm thinking captain r or whatever his name is yeah yeah no blackbeard was in four yeah captain r oh my gosh armando salazar yes was played by javier bardem see i liked that one it wasn't my favorite Mm -hmm. but i liked that one i think it had a lot of good parts in it well i like that they brought back all the cast Mm -hmm. that was the thing that number four did not have yeah i gasped when elizabeth came up over the hill uh-huh. I guess we should say spoiler alert if you haven't spoiler seen the movies. We're, <laughs> we're just going to spell the whole thing out for you. Yeah. All right. So Blackbeard is arguably the most well-known pirate ever. Uh, it wasn't for his sunny disposition that people know oh, who he is. No. 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 <laughs> Aboard his ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, he cultivated a reputation for violence to strike fear into the hearts of his enemies and his crew. He wanted everybody afraid of him. Yes. So how did he do this? Well, when he was pillaging and plundering, where most other pirates would let let their victims go after, you know, they seized whatever goods they wanted, Blackbeard didn't. He would throw goods overboard that his crew had no use for instead of letting the merchants keep them, which is a dick move. I mean, yeah. Come on, man. Um, And sometimes he'd just go ahead and sink their ship. Just just because. Just because. Uh, however, there's one particular rumor about him that makes him just so vile in my book and, uh, in my series, Reaper, uh, yeah, Reaper versus Ripper, number one, this is touched upon because it's actually taken from history and it grosses me out. (laughs) Um, Blackbeard's real name was Edward Teach and he is only recorded to have married once 
to a woman named Mary Ormond. Now, some say Mary was 16 when they were married. Oh. Others, others claim she was only 14. Oh, it doesn't matter. Still. <laughs> that just makes it even worse. Exactly. Gross or grosser. Those are the yeah. only options there. Now, her father owned a plantation, and these, these were civilized people. This was a civilized family. Shortly before this, Teach's beloved ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, had sunk. That being the case, he decided to apply for a royal pardon and give up his pirating ways. Didn't last long. No. The sea was calling to him, and he decided he could not make it in civilized society. He had to go back. The rumor is, when he returned to his crew, he offered Mary up to them as a gift. No. No, no. There is no record of her death or what happened to her. Like, Mary just vanished. So, with that in mind, I'm guessing whatever happened to her was horrific. Yeah. And he's disgusting that Mm -hmm. he did that. Thankfully... He got what was coming to him in 1718. (laughs) That's when Blackbeard faced off with Lieutenant Maynard and the Royal Navy. And their their battle was a bloody one. Maynard's men managed to sneak aboard Blackbeard's ship. It's said that Maynard was later quoted as saying, The pirate raised a glass and drank damnation to me and my men, who he styled cowardly pups saying he would give nor take quarter. Which is a very flowery way of saying Blackbeard flipped him off and was like, bring it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going down. (laughs) Yeah. So there's been much speculation about the battle that followed. What is concretely known is that Blackbeard Blackbeard was killed and the lieutenant hung his severed head from the ship's prow. Teach's body showed five bullet holes and over 20 sword cuts. Oh, shit. It's okay. He was really fighting until he went down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They made sure he was dead, dead. (laughs) This is not no scary movie. He came back from the dead. No, it's not going to be Curse of the Black Pearl where he's walking around. And no, they were like, cut him up, shoot him a bunch of times, cut his head off. I don't know. Should we burn him? Maybe we should burn him. I don't know. Bury, like, sever his head and burn it over (laughs) here. Bury his body in the sea. Like, keep those completely separate. So he can never come back. (laughs) Exactly. They made sure he was dead, dead. So Mm -hmm. that's a little bit about... The gross and disgusting Blackbeard. Yeah. I'm glad he wasn't a bigger character in the the movie franchise. For good reason. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's also in the show Black Sails. I have not watched all of that. I know a lot of the... I have not watched that. Yeah. It got a little too rapey for me in season one, so I turned it off. Yeah, no. Yeah. I've been told it gets less rapey and gets better as it goes on, but we can't condone rape. I couldn't get past the rapey part. Okay. So that brings us to the third pirate we're going to talk about from the movie franchise. And she is only in one scene, but she is a badass. In the movie, they refer to her as Mistress Chang. Remember that? Okay. At World's End, they're all gathered around the table. Yes. Okay. This character was based on uh, a known pirate, Mrs. Chang. Oh, I thought you were going to say Anne. Nope. Okay. Nope. Mrs. Chang. She was an intelligent leader who enforced strict rules exercised diplomacy and earned the respect of her crew and peers earned it didn't scare them into respecting her earned it it. yeah her early life isn't documented well but we do know that she worked at a cantonese brothel before she married chang the (laughs) first yeah around 1801 okay chang the first was a notorious pirate during a changing time. Uh, Vietnam was in the midst of the 
Taesan Rebellion, I'm sorry if I said that wrong, which was basically a peasant-led uprising against the Li dynasty. So there's a lot going on there during this time. Because they didn't have a strong naval force, rebels contracted small-time pirates to fight on their behalf, which worked great for Mr. and Mrs. Chang. <laughs> um, in exchange, these plunderers received vessels, weapons, safe harbor, everything. This was a great time to be a pirate. You, yeah. You're basically doing contract work. <laughs> Worked pretty well for them. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Chang prospered from this opportunity. By 1804, they had five entire fleets and over 70,000 men and upward of 400 vessels. Wow. That's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> it was so big that they broke their coalition into two squadrons. They had a black <laughs> fleet and a red fleet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, they did it right. Um, <laughs> this next part. Hmm, interesting. One of their sailors was a teenager named Chang Pao, who had been captured by Chang the First. Okay. Mr. Chang was impressed by Chang Pao's work ethic and made him an offer. He would initiate him into the pirate ranks in exchange for, Booty. how can I put this? Um, <laughs> a sexual tryst. So booty. 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 Yeah. For booty. And as messed up as that is, it gets ickier. Chang honored the agreement by putting Chang Pao in charge of his own ship and then adopted him as his son. Oh, dear. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah. Come sit on daddy's lap. No, no. No, no. no. no, no. Mm. Yucky. Yeah. Yucky. That's just that. One too far. One too far. Yeah. If you're yeah. having a consensual relationship, great. Don't, don't make him your kid. Now it's weird. Yeah, no, it's lucky. Yeah. Well, in 1807, Chang the first died, which could have been the end of the confederation that they had built had it not been for mrs chang okay she immediately seized control and implemented a new code of conduct so she saw that some of the shit her husband was doing was wrong and went we're gonna no no so she changed the pirate code she changed the pirate code <laughs> she did under these rules um Pirates in her fleet would be decapitated if they stole goods from a communal fund that was meant to benefit everybody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in addition to this, anyone who raped a captive woman would be executed. Good. Yeah. Good job. I think that that might have something to do with her time working in a brothel where she's Possibly. like, we're not, sex crimes are not going to be our thing. We're not going to do that. Being a savvy woman, Mrs. Chang knew she needed a lieutenant to help her command the 300 ships and 4,000 for 40,000 plus men. Yeah. For this, and this is a little weird as well, not the first part, but the second part, she turned to Chang Pao to be her, her first lieutenant. Okay. And he, he took the job. And then later he became her lover and second husband. Who was also her husband's lover. Uh-huh. And child. Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't keep it in the family. <laughs> what? <laughs> was he was he like really hot? Why was everybody <laughs> very possibly? Or he just knew what he was doing. He knew what he was I don't know, man. Chang Pao had something working for him, I guess. Um for years, Mrs. Chang had a good relationship with the leaders of every fleet in her coalition. She oversaw every ceremony, every monetary transaction. She was on top of her shit. She knew what was yeah. going on. Her strategic mind was well-suited for warfare. Her fleets took great pleasure in embarrassing the South China navies. They would <laughs> kidnap the Chinese officials, blockade <laughs> the river, and challenged anyone who opposed them. 
try me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this is my river now. Yeah. Turn around. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> All that changed in 1809. At this point, China was done being openly humiliated by pirates. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. They were, they were done. They were over it. They wanted the swashbuckling to stop. So they borrowed vessels from the East India Trading Company. Ugh. Sound familiar? Yep. They just wanted to steal spice from everybody. Yeah. And they wanted pirates <laughs> gone. And nobody can season their food. Nobody can season their food. Which is just mean, man. So mean. Um, I'm pausing there for a minute. <laughs> I think I told you this. I don't think I've told our listeners. We were watching the Obi-Wan series on Disney+. Plus, <laughs> and where they were talking about spice runners or spice traders. <laughs> That's the first time I realized in the Star Wars world that spice was drugs. My dumb ass literally was like cinnamon. They've been trading and smuggling cinnamon. <laughs> Chives are apparently some sort of uh, <laughs> thought after thing in the galaxy. I'm so dumb. I, I didn't realize that really? until Dune. Oh, okay. And I was like, what does everybody need spice for? <laughs> Cinnamon, that's sought after? And Scott was like, it's like a drug. It's like the thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Now I'm I get so it. so glad it's not just me. No, it's not just you. You and I are ready to start stockpiling cinnamon. In the future, this will be currency. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I, no. Uh, culinary, I always think when you say spice, it just automatically, it's seasoning. Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. And they were yeah. smuggling spices. Yeah. But it's true, the Indiana, Indiana, the Indian Trade Company was literally going for spice, like spices. Yes, they literally were. Yeah. Star Wars, like, not so scene, much. The scene in Caribbean where in Dead Man's Chest, where Jack grabs the spice and like starts shaking it on him. Yes. <laughs> Seasoning himself. Seasoning. <laughs> and I then they're that. like, a boogie? <laughs> a boogie schniggle schniggle. <laughs> Oh, dumbass <laughs> shit that we, we pick up on from those. Uh -huh. Okay, where was I? Um, yeah, so at that point, 1809, China's done being embarrassed. They turned to the East India Ch Trading Company um, and the Portuguese Navy, mm -hmm. who basically gave them vessels and weapons to make a counterattack. In addition to this, they furthered their cause by offering amnesty to all pirates who surrendered. Well, Mrs. Chang was an incredibly smart woman, and she she knew what was up. She had seen that pirates like Blackbeard, who refused to turn away from pillaging and plundering, usually met horrible deaths. Right. She didn't want that. She's like, I'm I mean, not dying for you. No. <laughs> so she decided that she was going to take the opportunity to retire. On April 8th, 1810, she took 17 pirate wives and children to the governor's office in Canton. There, she brokered a deal for amnesty for all of them. Her husband, Chang Pao, was allowed to retain 20 to 30 vessels to use for assault trade within the Chinese water. And most of the pirates who served under her were granted pardons as well. Wow. Chang, yeah. She, she was looking out for a crew. Mm-hmm. Um, Chang Not Pao, just herself. Nope. That's why they respected her. They knew she was mm -hmm. looking out for them. Chang Pao passed away in 1822 at only 36 years old, but Mrs. Chang lived peacefully until 1844 when she died at the age of 69. Wow. And she was wealthy as fuck. I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was wealthy. She was taken care of. But she she lived well and yeah. took care of her people so now when you see her in that movie you can be like that's my girl right there uh-huh okay so there though there's some actual people from the movie now we're going to talk a little bit about pirate lore if i were to say to you 
Do you fear death? Which character said it? <sighs> really? I'm judging it's you. It's right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> He's got a squid face. <sighs> David Jones. Oh there my you gosh. go. <laughs> Oh, like I was, I could picture it. I could see it. I know. And I could like see it in the movie. I just, (laughs) you put me on the spot. Thanks. I know. All (laughs) of our listeners were shouting it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Davy Jones, Davy Jones. Okay. Well, him and his infamous locker are known far and wide. Yes. Um, But what does the phrase Davy Jones locker mean? Well, to the seafaring lot, it's the ocean floor. Where yeah. many pirates and sailors who died at sea has, has become their final resting place. The origins of this are just disputed far and wide. Everybody's got their own interpretation of what it means. Okay. The first references of Davy, Davy Jones date back to the 18th century. It was used to refer to an evil god of the sea. Basically like the devil for pirates. Yeah. The most well-known story is basically the one that you see in the movies where Jones sails the flying Dutchman and ferried souls to the other world. Right. Um, He could only set foot on land every 10 years, which, by the way, (laughs) spoiler alert, (laughs) when Orlando Bloom and Elizabeth Swan finally get married and then he takes over the flying Dutchman. And every 10 years, swoon, a decade in between booty calls. That's rough, my dude. Like, yeah, (laughs) not to mention she's aging a decade every time he can come ashore and he's not. So you're going to get like, I don't know, maybe five, four or five good ones. And then shit's going to start getting weird. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'm gonna have to find a new booty call (laughs) exactly he's gonna be like "Ooh, uh, i I will just hold you (laughs) let's snuggle (laughs) i'm good i'm good (laughs) um in this version jones was in love with calypso the sea goddess and she wasn't there when he came on land so you know he was pissed so he became all squiddy yeah he got all squiddy as one does (laughs) You get rejected, you turn into a squid. Yeah. Uh, so the movie drew on all that. Yeah. That way is definitely the most mystical and mysterious. Not so much a favorite among historians. Of course. Because, <laughs> you know, you can't really prove any of that. No. Other stories refer to David Jones, who was a pirate captain who sailed the Indian Oceans in the 1730s historians don't really like this particular version because they said he wasn't popular enough or well known enough uh to become the legendary davy jones (laughs) yeah you would think that he has to have some kind of like black beard or yeah anything else like uh what's his name calico jack yeah yeah but I mean, it's kind of mean if you think if if what happened in the movie was true, if like this guy really did like cut his heart out and put it in the chest. to fit, And then these guys are like, yeah, but he didn't do enough to be impressive. <laughs> what? Guys like heart and chest heart in. No. OK, cool. Yeah. Tough crowd. Um, The next one, the next theory might have a little bit of truth behind it. Like I can see where they were going with this one. There was a British pub owner who used to get his customers drunk and then imprison them in his ale locker only to sell them to passing ships as slaves. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. I I can see see that, especially for the time. Yeah. Later, the pub owner went bankrupt and decided to turn to piracy. He stole a ship and sailed the Atlantic, capturing ships and crews. He would decapitate most of the crew Others, he would lock inside the vessel and sink it, sending them to Davy Jones' locker. Like, I can kind of see that one. That one? Yeah. There might be a little something behind that. Um, Yet another theory ties Davy Jones to Christianity. 
Some believe that Jones is the ghost of Jonah, a.k.a. Jonah, who spent a few days inside the whale. Okay. You know, Jonah the prophet. Yeah. Uh-oh. Never really got it. Sad true. Sorry. <laughs> VeggieTales. <laughs> My kids watched a lot of VeggieTales. Um, so maybe it was him. Now the Welsh seafaring community believe Jones is St. David, who saves people from the ocean's harsh nature. According to this, Jones protects good sailors and casts the immoral ones to the depths. Eh. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> I kind of like the guy that locked people uh, in his yeah. ale chest. That one seems to have the most weight to it. If too. it's not going to have the mystic paranormal yes. activity magic to it, then yeah, that one makes yeah. a little more sense. I pref- like if I went with the one I prefer, it's the magical mystical one that's in the movie. Right. Um, there's There's no proof for any of these. So, you know, there's there's nothing we can really say, except the one consistent thing is that Davy Jones is kind of like Satan for sailors. He's right. Something to look out for. Very consistent. Side note of something I found that was cool. My boys, Washington Irving and Edgar Allan Poe, both had works where Davy Jones was represented in them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, And for Washington Irving, it was... Black Fisherman, published in 1851, and uh, King's Pest was written by Edgar Allan Poe in 1935, and they both had a version of Davy Jones in them. Okay. So, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so if Davy Jones isn't real, how do you explain sightings of the Flying Dutchman? And there have been sightings. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> In 1880, King George V and Prince Albert Victor were on a three-year voyage, seaside, or uh, sea voyage. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I, this is what happens when we record in the morning. I can't talk. <laughs> we're not awake. I'm not. I should have had a, cup of, a second cup of coffee. I didn't have any coffee yesterday morning. I just got up and started doing stuff. And probably about two o'clock in the afternoon, my body was just like, and we're done. That's as far as we're going without caffeine. I haven't had coffee in almost two years now. That's impressive. I know. I get migraines if I don't have caffeine. Well, I still have caffeine. I just don't have coffee. Okay. Do you have tea? I I do tea and I do tea and (laughs) more tea. Yeah. Tea's good. I tried to give up coffee for a little while and switch to tea, and it just was not enough for me. I would have to chew directly on the, the tea leaves. The tea bag. <laughs> just, just put the tea bag. It's off fine. I'll I'll seep it in my mouth. It's fine. <laughs> People, it looks like I have a mouthful of chew. No, that's that's tea leaves. Gross. I wonder if that's how chew started. Maybe. I don't know. Just get the nicotine quicker. Just get right in there. Yeah. Okay, so King George, Prince Albert, they're both on the boat doing the damn thing. And they both claimed to see the infamous ghost ship. They said it started as a strange red glow, and then a phantom ship appeared, mass and all. And it was no more than 20 yards away from them. So, like, they could see it. It was right there. King George later wrote that the sailor who was the first to spot the ship later, soon after, ended up dying a gruesome death, which led them to the conclusion that this ghost ship must have been a dark omen. And, you know, just as quick as it appeared, it vanished. You know, which is a hard thing to do. Like, it's not like a car where you just turn a corner and it's gone. You're out in the ocean. Like, you watch it disappear into the horizon. Is Right. But no, it was just gone. Which is creepy. Which you could do at night, but not during the day. Yeah. But they weren't the only ones to have reported seeing the ship. In in 1939, and again in 1941, crowds of people at um, a beach in South Africa all swear, like these are a crowd of people, all swear that they saw a ghost ship. 
they claimed it was on a straight on collision course towards the land, like barreling straight for the, the shoreline. And then in a blink, it just vanished. It was just gone. Hmm. Yeah. And that's not like one or two people. That's like a whole crowd of people seeing it. Yeah. Uh, even more recent than that, during the Second World War, a U-boat captain claimed to have spotted the Flying Dutchman in the Red Sea. But there was no further record of what became of the U-boat, meaning we don't know if it safely returned or maybe, you know, it was the Dark Omen and then was sank to Davy Jones' locker. Huh. Yeah. So what happened there? What happened to it? I don't know. Um, scientists decided they wanted to try to explain these sightings away because that's what they do. They need logic. They need yes. what could this possibly be? So they investigated the phenomenon and they came up with a theory. The most common explanation is a mirage known as the Feta Morgana, which okay. is a really, it's a really pretty name. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I might need to name a character in a book that <laughs> Feta Morgana. Very pretty. Well, this mirage is caused by at atmospheric conditions that when they're just right, they cause a refraction of light that causes what looks like a ship or other objects to appear in the horizon. Okay. So this is like when you're dehydrated and you're in the desert and or on a boat, or, you see things. Yeah, basically, it's yeah. like the reflection of the water, kind of like how like an oil spill casts like, you know, wavering yeah. lines above it, that the conditions it can cause you to think that you see something there, which, okay, first of all, but these people said, they said it was only like 200 yards away from them. So that, yeah. Okay. Um, With this, it can, you know, the object can appear to be floating or glowing but because it's caused by the atmosphere, if the wind changes, if, you know, a fish jumps, whatever, it can cause that mirage to disappear in an instant. But that's the thing. Okay. So if you have a bunch of people on land yeah, and land is not straight, they're not all, they're all looking at it at different viewpoints and they're all seeing the same thing. Exactly. How are they that, seeing the same thing? Yeah. You can't. If they were like standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder, okay. But you know how? No, is... not even then, because like you would have to be standing behind the person, like yeah. just at like different levels. Yeah. You know, Billy Bob down the shoreline, he's not going to see the same thing because right. it's, so yeah, I I agree. That doesn't really doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but that's what they said is that it was all an illusion and it was just caused by the atmosphere. No. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't believe that one. <laughs> no. Ghost ship is way more fun. Let's go with uh -huh. ghost ship. <laughs> okay, so those are the mimesis episode or the mimesis things that I found with the series. But I also found some really fun behind the scenes trivia, trivia? about the movies. Okay. Okay, so let's dig into those. She says and then turns the page. <laughs> lost my spot there it is johnny depp based the character of captain jack Spat sparrow on keith richards so if you okay. think about keith richards and like how he walks how he talks all that kind of stuff and then think about captain jack sparrow you can yeah i can see it i can see it um and richards was so honored by this that later on in the franchise he agreed to play Captain Jack's father in a later scene. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Remember then mom's head uh -huh. was shrunk? <laughs> How's mom? Oh, she looks good. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, I didn't I didn't put it together until it was pointed out. The three main characters all have names that are bird related. Elizabeth Swan. Captain Jack Sparrow and William Turner, who was an English naturalist who studied birds. <laughs> yep. Didn't put that together, but yes, that's absolutely correct. Well, filming 
you know, you're, it's pirates. You're you're on the water. You're around the water all the time. The conditions could be pretty miserable. These people were yeah. like soaked to the bone all the time. So during filming, Johnny Depp bought waterproof jackets for the entire crew. Over 500 crew members, he bought waterproof jackets for all of them. Nice. Just to try to make con- things a little bit more bearable for everybody. He's so sweet. <laughs> he is. Good for him. Okay, this le- next one, I did not know, but thinking about it, it, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. The role of Jack Sparrow was originally written for Hugh Jackman. No. 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 You, no, Wil- no. Wolverine couldn't do it. No. I mean, no. Hugh Jackman is a fantastic actor. I mean, he yeah, can th- sing, he can yeah. dance, but he's not Captain Jack. No, he's not floaty enough <laughs> i mean that's the only way i can do i can say it is just that whimsical like la, yeah. Da, da, da. yeah like no he doesn't have enough whimsy to him yeah i agree uh, he, it would like not i have loved the same. him in like oh fuck what's the movie greatest show prestige oh yes yeah the greatest show was really good too he was the fantastic. greatest showman yeah, yeah. like x-men as wolverine oh, yeah. yeah prestige yeah, was fantastic oh i, I watch that movie prestige yeah i oh i should do that one yes yes it yeah. has to be based off of something real it has to the that magic. would be a great one and it gives us a reason to watch that movie again i love that movie so much that's a good one <laughs> Christian i think you should Dale. do that yes oh yeah um, I'm, I'm just gonna have to watch that movie later yeah. tonight i love that movie yeah so almost was Hugh Jackman they went with Depp because he was well more well known at that time yeah you know now they're Hugh Jackman's a little bit not a little bit a lot more popular but not in oh my god I'm saying this wrong not in comparison to Johnny Depp he's just more well known now than he was then yeah I need to drink all the coffee (laughs) all of it okay so there are quite a few scenes in the movie where Captain Jack is looking directly into the sun yeah um but he's not necessarily squinting in all of them. Now, there is one where he's looking into the sun and he's purposely squinting. The one where he's in Davy Jones' locker and his ship starts moving and he's just squinting up at it. You know that? Yeah. That one is real or intentional. But they didn't want him squinting all the time. So they got him special contact lenses that were like sunglasses. They filtered out the... I know! They make those? <laughs> I know! That's what I said. I need those this is like i'm squinting at everything when i'm Mm -hmm. outside with my contacts on yeah apparently they make sunglass ones that are tinted we need these damn it (laughs) i'm asking i'm asking the next time i go to the eye doctor yes i need johnny depp sunglass contacts yes okay in the second movie you remember right before the kraken comes for the ship uh elizabeth kisses jack and then puts the cuff on him to keep him there so he yes. can't escape with yes. the rest of them. Orlando Bloom was not told that Jack and Elizabeth were going to kiss. So when the camera pans to him, the look on his face was the genuine shock and confusion that he had over what the hell just happened there. <laughs> like, did I miss something? Yeah. That, was that supposed to be filmed? <laughs> are they just having a moment? What are we... <laughs> what's happening here so that was authentic another authentic reaction is when jack falls down the stairs in movie three with his jar of dirt yes and then jumps up with it he was not supposed to fall he was not supposed to do that little song afterwards and the looks on everyone's faces are real including kira knightley keeps glancing towards the director wondering if they're gonna cut because dude just fell down the stairs all like all of that was authentic i got a jar of dirt all of them are like what is he what are you doing um yeah so all of that was real but it makes the movie like those little mess ups and like little like things like them not telling that he's going to kiss those little moments actually like add to the movie yes 
Um, yes. One of my favorite parts, and it's not even any of the main characters, but it's the guy that has the seashell for a head of Davy Jones' crew, and his head gets knocked off, and he's trying to call his body back to yeah. him, and he's like, no, no, that's a tree. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that part. Uh-huh. Those are funny. I also like when she pretends to faint, and nobody stops to even look at her, because at that point, now she's a pirate, and they don't see her as, like, the frilly girl anymore. Yes. So she, like, <laughs> falls over, and no one even looks. <laughs> she gets back up. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I also like when she faints when she's... They're getting ready to save him in the last movie. Yes. And then, like, as soon as the drums stop, she, like, perks back up. Yeah. <laughs> and they realize she did it on purpose. Yes. Yeah. Like that. Well, speaking of Kira, the next couple are about her. Uh, first up, her mother had to accompany her to shooting every day when they were doing Curse of the Black Pearl because she was only 17 years old at the time. Really? Yeah. I didn't was, realize that. Yeah. She was a minor, so mom had to be there every day while she yeah. was filming. Okay. Um, in addition to this, in the first film, she looks rather buxom. Yeah. She's wearing the, the corset top. She looks like she's popping out of it. Um, well, I've watched some interviews with her, and Kira herself has joked that she's flat as a board. She doesn't have anything up there. To make her look like she had cleavage, they had to tape up the little bit that she had. Like, <laughs> tape, like, just take it, pushing skin from her armpits, like everything, pushing it up and taping it. And then they had to pad the crap out of it. And then take makeup. And I was going to really, say makeup somehow. Yeah. And like really contour it around it <laughs> to make it look like she had cleavage. So all of that is Hollywood magic. <laughs> yes. Her boobs in that movie are completely Hollywood magic. Um, and our last little bit of trivia. And I think this is the perfect way to, to end this all. Is the very last line of Curse of the Black, Black Pearl was improvised by Johnny Depp. He takes control to, wow. He takes control of his ship back and says, "Now bring me that horizon." And the filmmakers loved it so much that they kept it in. I love that movie so much. I know. I know. It's like so it's good. all like him riding on on the ship when you first see Captain Jack as it's him. sinking sailing in or sailing out the same way it's like yes yes it was it's so good and the the humor that was injected in there if the humor wouldn't have been there it wouldn't have been the hit that it was but no the elements of humor just they made it yeah one of my favorite fan franchise yeah we, we have dog barking in the background we were yeah, going I to know. my dog was just like <laughs> it's time uh -huh. it's dog bark o'clock what <laughs> dude the other day did i send you the message where i was trying to say that i entered into a chili cook-off and i said cookie chill off <laughs> listen sometimes you need a good cookie chill <laughs> Eat cookies like I, and chill yes please i was trying to say yeah i gotta get the like the stuff for the chili, the chili cook off, but it came out. I got to get the stuff for the cookie chill off. And like Scout looks at me and I was like, what did I just say? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you need a good cookie chill, mm -hmm. especially for the crumble cookies. Oh, yeah. Crum crumble cookies need to sponsor us because Lord knows I do my business with them every week, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, can, can, yeah, they they really do. <laughs> crumble cookies. Everyone listening, if you have not tried crumble cookies, they have like six recipes a week that they change out, and the cookies are like the size of your freaking hand, all different amazing flavors. Don't eat all of it in one sitting. They are yeah. meant to be shared. Yes, the, what we do, we order. We usually get a four pack because six is just yeah. it's it's too many unless you have more people. But then we just we each take a little sliver of each one and we try them. Everybody, yeah. take you know, get tries a little I piece of a it. I bought a little crumble cookie cutter, so I can just do four. It makes it into eight pieces. We each get one every few days. You're yeah. fancy. We just use a knife. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, you take a little sample and then, you know, if, if there's one you particularly like, you get a second little one of that and then you put it away and you're done until yeah. the next day. But they're so good. They're good. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Crumble cookies. I was happy us. that you, you took me there for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And you got it's it a delivered. D- that was the best. <laughs> oh yeah. You can have everything delivered down here. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have like... Uh, I almost said Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner <laughs> delivered, delivered to us. Just because you can. <laughs> Just because you can. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for this time. Yeah, this one was fun. I I love the pirates. Like, yeah, we could honestly keep going because there are a few more like Annie Boney. There's so many Boney. more. There's yeah. so many more like Black Bart, Bartholomew, um, Long Ben, like we didn't even touch on all of the no, pirates. That's what I said. Yeah. Like there was so much information and I had to stop. I had eight pages of notes. I'm like, I got to stop now. Or yeah. yeah. So if they want to talk to us about pirates or any other show idea they have, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Mimesis podcast. And you can email us at the Mimesis podcast at gmail.com. Very cool. We are no longer on Twitter. No, we're not. There's been too much going on there, and we bowed out. Yep. So we're no longer on Twitter. No, and that's okay. Yep. There's lots of other places you can get a hold of us. Absolutely. And now we are also, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio as long as your other favorite yes, places to Yes, we're listen very to us excited on. about that. Yeah. We've got all sorts of new listeners that have popped in. We have. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. definitely grown since we went to iHeartRadio. It has. All right. Well, I guess that's all we have for today. Yeah. Until next time. Bye. Bye.